Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, 2023 Year End Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today, I'm really excited that we have our entire editorial team together. We have Monica Siren, our Assistant Director of Editorial Strategy, Research and Coordination, and Leah Jackson, our Assistant Director of Editorial Strategy and Staff Writer. So glad you guys are here with us. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Well, thanks, Monica, for highlighting your article. Leah, do you want to take a stab at yours? Well, this year, if I had to pick one, which, as Kelly said, there are a lot that were really great on the site this year. But if I had to pick one, one that really resonated with me was Eileen's Take Your Heart Off Your Sleeve Before You Start Your Job Search. I think this is such an awesome reminder for anyone job searching, whether you are really starting a search or you've been searching for a while. I think that we as a society often measure ourselves by the success we have in our work, especially in higher education where you're doing important research or we have students counting on us. And when you're out of work or if your job is not going well and you are job searching, I think our self-esteem can take a hit. And for me, this article really did a great job of helping to boost people and remind them of their self-worth. I say this often, but Eileen, I think, does such a wonderful job of this with her articles. She's one of my favorite writers that we have to read. And I think she does an excellent job of validating the feelings that come with a job search. You often go through a lot of rejection in a job search, and it's such a valid feeling But I think she does an excellent job of providing practical tips and reminders to help you sort of guard against some of those negative feelings. And I love the way that she wraps it up with you are not your job search, because I think we forget that we get wrapped up in it. And there's so much more to it than your job search and your career. And it doesn't have to define your value. So that was one of my favorite pieces this year that I think would be a great read for anyone, no matter where you are in your job search. Well, Leah, I agree. Eileen did a great job in this piece and she does it in all of her pieces. And you did a fantastic job of of summarizing it and highlighting it. And you're right. And a, a job search is emotional. And we sometimes define our, ourselves by, you know, like if we got rejected, we're not good enough or, you know, whatever it might be. So to kind of take a pause and remind ourselves that we are good enough. And and like I, I just pulled up her her piece as you said that. And I agree, the way she summarized that last uh, paragraph was, was great. And kind of the, she says, embracing this journey as an opportunity for growth and self-discovery can be transformative, I think it is awesome. So thank you for bringing this this article up, because I think it really will apply to so many job seekers out there that it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, you're not the only one going through this and don't be so hard on yourself. There's definitely job searches that are organic and career motivated and job searches that are necessary. And for job searches that are necessary, actually some of the luxuries of this, I think you're spot on. You don't necessarily have that same luxury to be able to accomplish everything you want to accomplish and do it the way you want to do it. You need to find a job if you're out of a job. I think the challenge is when you're applying for a job, the employer who's going to hire you isn't taking in consideration whether or not you have a job or you don't have a job or how stressful it is for you or any of those things. And what I would say is, while you might not have a lot of the same luxuries of being able to vet the position and find the opportunity that best meets what you're looking for at this stage, 
and you definitely need to move things along according to a quicker schedule because it's imperative to you, imperative in so many different ways into your family in many instances. I think what's hard is understanding the more emotionally committed you get to it, the more you understand that you have to distance yourself from it. I do think that this is an instance, and Kelly knows I'm a fan of this phrase, that sometimes slower is faster. If you try to accelerate this process because of your needs and making it go quicker, that could negatively affect your candidacy. You can let the institution know if there's some real info that like, hey, I'm looking at another job. I'd like to make a decision that also would include something from you. That might be appropriate if you really are looking at another job and seriously considering it. But if what you're trying to do is create a scenario where you're bringing something to a decision that might not be ready to be brought to a decision, that could affect your candidacy negatively. So I definitely want us to be cognizant that it's not always the ideal situation. There is often times where it's the job search out of necessity. And in those instances, yes, you need to try to make this move along as fast as you can but you're trying to get a process to move along that involves somebody else and making sure that it's moving along at the time that they want it to move along as well. It's one of those situations in life where you really do need to do something quickly, but you don't have complete control over being able to execute on that time frame. And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people not having that control. And I, I always tell my, my kids this a lot, like when you're going through the situation, it, it's so so hard and you might not understand why you're going through that. But when you come out on the other side and you find that other job, you look back and you're like, okay, I kind of, I have some clarity now and, and hopefully you've learned something from it. So yeah, that was the great article. Okay. Well, I will discuss a, an article by Justin Zackle and it's in the, the job search career management. And some of the themes in here we kind of discussed already or in a previous podcast, but I chose the article, Should You Be Rage Applying for Jobs? Like I said, by, written by Justin Zackel. And I'm trying to say this delicately because my boss is on uh, the other side of the microphone here, but um, we sometimes get frustrated at work. We don't love all aspects of, of our job. And look at Andy's looking at me with like a, his hand like, hmm, what are you talking about? Uh, but, you know, kind of like when we said earlier, there are emotions that come into work. We're, we're human. We don't come in the door and just check our emotions and, and our robots. And we're dealing with people. We're dealing with situations. We don't always agree. Sometimes we don't, maybe we don't feel respected or, um, you know, a decision was made. You don't, you don't understand it. So there's all these different reasons why people might, you know, be frustrated at work. But does that mean that you should, you know, you had a, a, a fight with a coworker. Does that mean you should, you know, fly off the handle and quit that day and go send out 25 resumes? Probably not. But there is a thing to say that you should probably evaluate why you're frustrated at work. There's a reason why you're going out looking for other positions. There's something lacking. There's there's communication issues. There's, you know, maybe you're not fulfilled in your role. Maybe you want more responsibilities, whatever it is. Maybe your your supervisor is not hearing you. You know, there could be a, a plethora of, of, of reasons why you don't feel currently happy in your position. So that's what I want to remind our listeners, to kind of evaluate where that underlying frustration is. And I think that's kind of some of the themes I took away from Justin's article. So like he says, you're applying for dozens of jobs might make you feel better, but it, it could give you kind of a false sense of satisfaction. 
And I know, Andy, I think you and I, have, we talked about this earlier in the year, but you know, we have to kind of like, I keep saying, like, think of, of why we might be looking at other positions. So maybe you do end up applying to some certain roles and you get a whole bunch of rejection letters. And then that kind of is like, well, you know, maybe I have to reevaluate what I'm doing at my current role. There's a quote in here that Justin said that, well, one, he addressed, like, you can't, like I was saying earlier, we're humans, we're emotional, and we shouldn't just kind of suppress and, you know, let the anger bottle up inside of us. So you shouldn't ignore or deny that, that rage. But there's a, a professor at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, that is the author of the book, Why We Get Mad, How to Use Your Anger for Positive Change. Martin said that people should use their rage as a motivator, the same way that thirst motivates people to get a drink. So this is what I kind of circle back to is like you identify why you're frustrated, identify why you have that rage, and use that as a motivator to either change the current situation, talk to your supervisor, talk to your coworker. Maybe there's miscommunication. Maybe you need to expand your role. Or maybe you actually are not a right fit for that position. So kind of figure out reasons behind it and then make an action on that. I think this article does a good job of just reminding people to evaluate the kind of underlying reasons of why you're frustrated at your job before you just send out 40 resumes and, you know, maybe get 40 rejections, which could even lead into uh, more feelings of frustration. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on my article choice or anything I said. So I love what you said about trying to address the underlying reasons. But I also think it's important to remember that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You have to be careful that you're not just rage applying, but also not rage job hopping. I had a situation once where obviously before I was at higher jobs, I was job searching and, and I actually interviewed and was offered a position that I knew was not a good fit for me. And so I think you have to be careful that you are being thoughtful with what you're applying to and that it really makes sense for you because you don't want to use that anger as a motivator to apply and then end up taking something that that really isn't going to improve your situation at all. That's a great point. Or apply to the wrong job that maybe is making a little bit like you make a little bit more money, but you don't like the role at all. So yeah, that's a great point about the grass is not always greener. Absolutely. From the employer perspective too, you can tell when a application is, you know, half-assed. Can I say that on the podcast? Um, you know, I'll when it's change the rating. <laughs> when it's, you know, thrown together and cover letters look janky and you're like, this person didn't put the time and effort in. And when you're rage applying, you don't have the time or effort to really dedicate to making a quality application that will move forward. So I think that's the other side of the coin too. And if you're mad at your boss or your supervisor, they're not going to know that you're rage applying. So what what's the value there too? Like you're not telling them, hey, guess what? I just applied to 75 jobs, you know? So I think that's going back to that underlying reason. Like if that's there, then figure out where that's stemming from and it might lead to a change that you didn't know could actually be possible at your current position too. And I think going back to what I said about me being a younger professional, there's a lot of things that you're not told until you, you know, you learn through your, your professional growth, you know, and a lot of it is just asking, do you want a title change? Ask. Do you want a pay raise? Ask. Do you have a problem that needs to be addressed? Ask. And that's not something that I think is very well emphasized for young professionals is saying like, I think a lot of times you jump into a role and you're like, oh, that's the role. That's what it is. This is the ground rules. This is the, the guidelines. Like I can't break out of this. 
but I think that there's a lot of actual room there to to get what you want, ask what you want for it. So I'm going to defend Justin here because there's a line in the article that I just love, which is, before unleashing your rage on a job board, maybe you should invoke the line from Jurassic Park about how scientists were too preoccupied with whether they could, that they didn't stop to think if they should. I think that sums it up. I think we did a whole episode on this topic that when you look at this, I'm thinking it was really about chasing the dopamine here. You're pissed. So the way to get back and feel better and get that big dose of dopamine is to apply. And really, the rage and the emotion is not a substitute for the responsibility for the plan, which is the common theme that you all have shared. Kelly, you're spot on with this with this piece. You can do this. You should use it as the motivation to go do something. If this is it, that's great. But the rage does not forgive you of the responsibility to yourself to do a strategic process or plan to exit yourself from a position. So this is a, a great way to sum up the year because I think that this this really is about trying to think of this process and kind of tying it back to the earlier part of this conversation, you have to be thinking about this in its totality. It's not just what you need from it, what's important to you, you should do it. I think there's a firm acknowledgement that you don't have control over this process and you need to understand that and come to grips with that emotion when it keeps coming back because it is frustrating and it is going to keep coming back. Well, I must say, I think all four of our articles really kind of summarize the year really well. And when you were just talking, Andy, our higher ed career section, it reminds people, or our, our, our higher ed careers interviews reminds people to think meaningfully about their careers. And I think that's kind of a good way to summarize a lot of the stuff that we talked about today is there's emotions, but you still have to think meaningfully about your career. Like to your point, Monica, if you just go and rage apply to, you know, 70 uh, jobs, like who who is that? Like, you're not showing, I'll show them. Like you, right. you didn't really do anything. So right. We want to hear from you. Please send your questions, comments, thoughts, reflections. Do we miss an article that you love? Please tweet me at higher ed careers or feel free to email us at podcast at higher ed jobs. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And hey, if you're feeling rage about what we just said and what we just did, we want to hear that too. That would be an appropriate place to come talk to us if you, you didn't like it. Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Leah. Kelly, as always, this has been a wonderful year. Mike, thanks for always making us sound better than we actually <laughs> do sound in reality. And it's been a wonderful 2023. And we hope that everybody who's listening has a wonderful holiday season and has a very, very happy and healthy 2024. We really appreciate you listening. And we really hope that 2024 brings you many great professional experiences in a job that you love. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care.